Hello and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. Welcome back to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori, and as always, too, my left is the man who is also known as a steamroller because once he gets talking, he never lets anyone else get a word in advice, even on this podcast. Ha! Babe, that's something I'm working on. I, I'll give it to you. I'm kind of a steamroller. I like to talk, you know? But um, it's funny because your program is called Speak. I know. <laughs> I know. And I, and, I, and I let my students know. I say, hey, guys, I. I like to talk. Sometimes I talk fast and I get excited. Um, that's something I'm working on. But you also teach active listening in that course, which is really funny. I know. But it's only because you've had to master it enough to do what you do, which is good. But there are times when I'm tapping you on the shoulder here, going, okay. Ah, I get the point. Yeah. Same thing. Another hey, person on this podcast. Guess what? I know what you're talking about because sometimes I'm tapping you too. That's because you can't wait to talk again. No, that's because you don't see it. Come on now. So we're going to talk to you today, guys, about steamrolling into 2020 and what we have planned for y'all. So um, he is definitely in Tennessee. Yeah, I am. You have been saying y'all. I was born. First of all, I was born to say y'all. First of all, I was born. What do you mean? I was. I was just. I just knew it since birth. I was born to say y'all. I was going to say you grew up in Miami. I was born to drive a pickup truck. Definitely born to wear a cowboy hat. I'm, I'm a hip hop dancer, not necessarily a two-step cowboy country line dancer, but hey, God, God mixed up my my secret sauce a little bit. I don't know what's got going You're on. Like a walking oxymoron. Yeah. A walking yeah. oxymoron. You said it. A, a walking moron. How would you say that? You a said walk, it perfectly. A walking moron. Yeah. Next next segment here. Uh, Ange, tell about the board to your right. The board to my right. As if they can see, okay, so we're in our office where we record, and to the board to my right is a giant whiteboard. It's kind of like our war room board. And when we are brainstorming, when we are drawing things out for you, when we are thinking about what the world is in need of right now, it goes on that whiteboard. That's right. So guys, sports fans, think of this as the war room, but without Jerry Jones, and we're winning. I'm shocked right now that there are no drawings in the bottom because the girls come in here and sneak the, the markers. And they're usually like, what looks like those bumper stickers with the family with the kids and the dog. That's what they do. They draw that on, mm. on the whiteboard. Don't even talk about those bumper stickers. I just ate lunch and I don't want to vomit. Um, Somebody on here might have I know. If they have it, go on their car immediately and take it off. Mm. You know what's crazy is that um, our daughter and our daughter's martial arts class, um, her master instructor was giving warning about like how people 
can oftentimes have little clues on and around their life that clue in bad guys. So they were talking about strangers and he's like, sometimes those stickers on the car are actually not a good thing because they can learn your name if it's written on your backpack or whatever, and then say, Oh, I, how's your dog and your two siblings, you know? And so it's, you gotta be careful stuff like that. The two, the, the too many clues we give away. Okay. So random. But... Yeah. I mean, that was random. That was, yeah. Well, well, yeah. talking to the editor, you could edit that out editor after this. <laughs> Um, hey, let's talk about it though, because we're excited. Some of you guys went to our first ever Turned On Live event that happened uh, this past year um, in August, and it was awesome. It was September, end of September. Okay, details, details. So you went, but so that's going to be the first part of our 2020 program is, is going to be not Turned On Live, but just to turn on. It will be Turned On Live. So what would Turned On be, man? Ma'am? Mm hmm. You said I'm Southern Charm, so I gotta go with the whole Sir, um, so turned on what we would call turned on the method. Okay, it's going to be you know a four week or thirty day, however you want to look at it, uh, program that we run. I would like to do it monthly, but we understand too that December is usually a tough month for people, and maybe sometime in the summer. Um, however, it's it's so that listen, we talk about a full range of of topics on here but if you're familiar with our podcast and what we talk called the big four you know and the language that we use there'll be a glossary so that you can get it um the big four hallways and so that's of course faith and then yourself and in yourself it's you know your body your health um your mindset of course or relationships which includes marriage home team community and business where finances would fit in um what you know work into the marketplace whatever and no matter who you are at any point in your life at some point in your life one of those areas is going to be dark like you know if you're on here you might have an area right now you're like man the light switch has just gone missing or maybe the wattage is low so each of you have a different entry point maybe it's maybe it's low in your health and body and mind and maybe it's or maybe it's low in your marriage and relationships or maybe it's low in your business and you just can't see where you're going or maybe it's low in your faith and like Jesus that's a lot like how do I know that the turned on method is going to be able to help me if someone else in there has got something entirely different well that's the beauty of it no matter where you are in your life we're going to be able to identify that area and most likely the reason why you're not getting the results that you want is because you're focused on the wrong thing. Mm. And so that's what the turned on method is, is it helps you sort of extract the main root of the issue, reorganize it in, in the divine order that we talk about. And in four simple steps, literally, no matter where you are in your life, what level you are in your life, what you're facing in life, you're going to take a simple look at it and be able to instantly reorganize that area of your life while also maintaining peace and the others and in that order. So that's what the turned on method is. And I'm really excited about it because we broad brushed, talked about it at turned on live. I did a, a small presentation on the divine order there, but essentially it's, it's progressive. People need to know how to activate this on a daily basis so that at any point in time, if something, if the wattage, if the light bulb, if, you know, if something just burnt out, we can fix it instantly with that method. Yeah. You know what I love about it, y'all? Stop saying that. <laughs> it doesn't even sound right. <laughs> oh, it does. Uh, no, seriously, guys. Um, what I love about it is I'm looking at the word with an asterisk by 
next to turned on and it says clarity. Mm -hmm. And I think clarity is the beginning of really moving into progress because how many of you all have ever felt like you are blindfolded and you're just throwing darts uh, at a dartboard or, or a bunch of balloons, like in the old uh, carnival rides. Um, and you're just throwing darts blindly. Like boxing to the air. You know, yeah. So I, I know a lot of people that come into my speak up class who needed this first. And I think that's why we did it in this order because a lot of people came in to speak up and it, it wasn't ready for that. They were needing more clarity on what it is exactly that they wanted to speak up about. Well, let's so it's a natural progression. You can't speak up and really get good at something if you don't know exactly what it is that you need to speak up about. Well, yeah, exactly. And so that's why we call it turn, turned on, because when you turn a light on, you can see. So clarity is what you're going to get out of that. And then when you move to something like speak up, that's when you're going to be able to so see and then speak, right? And when you say speak, like it's the ability to not only have the clarity, but now I can articulate it. Now I can actually produce fruit or what, as we like to say, profitability in all areas of your life. So you'll have the ability to turn over profit in your business for absolute certain, and you're going to be able to turn over profit in your own personal relationships. And you'll be able to turn over profit in yourself because you're going to be able to yeah. speak life into um, those areas as well as be dynamic enough to truly sell it, you know, and, you know, selling, you know, selling your personal journey, selling yourself in your marriage. And, and I want, I want you to understand what we're saying there is there is, there should be an ongoing exchange and transaction in your marriage, you know, where you can challenge each other, uh, encourage one another and be convicted enough in order to move forward in your beliefs. And so that really matters a lot in all of those areas. And in order to do that, A, you got to see first so that you can speak, right. speak truthfully and speak loudly enough. And I don't mean yelling, but with conviction and resolve. You know, I have some really good experience in this because I started Speak Up teaching it in 2014. Mm -hmm. And for the better part of the last five years, I've been trying to convince this really... <laughs> hot chick next to me oh, uh, who's very intelligent to, to get on board and teach it with me. And so she finally had the, the light bulb moment that we talk about. And it was because one of my students had sent me a voicemail recently that some, one of her friends that had seen her talking on social media and said, Hey, Catherine, you know, I've, I've seen you do videos and stuff before, but something's definitely changed. Like you're more clear you're more dynamic. Um, it's it's definitely taking uh, a huge step up. And she goes, I don't know what you've been doing, but I want to be part of it. And when I played that to Angelique, you had a little light bulb moment? Yeah, I watched it clean before that. Um, that helped. But so originally, you know, because David is Mr. Personality. If you don't know him personally, I, I always said this to my dad. He literally said this to me when we were first dating. He's like, the guy could make friends with a tree. And he can't, he can, I don't care if he's getting gas, he's talking to somebody um, and making a friend and exchanging contact. It's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my whole life. But he's got such a personality that he was teaching, you know, how to exploit the different areas of your personality that you're strong in and also enhance some areas that maybe, you know, are kind of the underdog, but not necessarily a weakness. 
And I used to question, like, I don't like how to teach there. You know, like, I have a good personality, but I'm not like a personality coach. And, you know, and, and it, was, it was about being, you know, profitable with your personality. And I said, all I know is that growing up, I was and still have a tendency. It's really not that big of a deal anymore because I've overcome it so much, but to be a people pleaser. And to the point where it literally created an internal war in my own mind and my own spirit, because I was constantly worried about creating peace outside of me, that it disrupted the peace inside of me. And my mother, who overcame that same thing herself, used to get so frustrated with me because she would see me struggle. I'd come home, I'd cry about what I was experiencing at work or even with my dad or, or um, in other relationships. And she would just be like, Ange, speak up. So the ironic thing is that she told me that my whole life. And now I'm like, oh, yeah. So I can teach this part of how to be, you know, have more resolve and um, conviction in the way that we speak to give that pattern interrupt necessary so that your personality, essentially, your ability to profit isn't vanilla, like David likes to say, or limp, you know, because there's a lot of limp personalities out there. And I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're listening to this, chances are you you are exploring your faith or you have a strong faith. And if you're, you have a strong faith, you can't have a limp personality. Like, oh, yeah. You're not, you're not going to change the world oh yeah all right you know being limp you have to be dynamic and outspoken but with love and compassion all the time all right i love it i love this fact that she told you to speak up i just wish she would have told me how to get you to turn the volume down sometimes i don't know i'm teasing you okay guys so uh turn on speak up the third one we'll, we'll leave for later because what i want to do is i want to turn the radio dial to wiifm right now and tell you about what's in <laughs> it for me because you guys are like this is great but what's in it for us yeah, well, here we go no, I'm going to do a little teaching. I'm going to give you some. I'm going to give you some speak up insight. Um, and here's what you need to know: 2018 survey done by the American, uh, the Association of American Colleges and Universities said that good oral communication ranked number one, numero uno, among 15 job skills that executives and hiring managers identified as being very important. Numero uno. Numero uno. It's an eight and ten. Executives and nine and ten hiring managers said that recent college graduates really needed good speaking skills when they came looking for jobs, and fewer than half said they had it. Okay. It also says that good oral communication skills got the number one slot among identifying things that are very high and important. And so, what we want to do is we want to be able to give you guys pointers because how many of you right now are uh, promoting a brand, promoting something on social media. This is where we do 90% probably of our work as entrepreneurs on social media in what I call the box. In other words, you're on Zoom, you are on your FaceTime, you are doing a video for Instagram stories, or you're doing a video for Facebook stories. Um, how many of you guys are actually getting up in front of your team or getting up in front of your company and making presentations? My biggest thing for my students is I know that we live in a short attention span world and I know what it's like to be on the opposite end. I always ask myself, what is it like to be on the opposite end of that presentation? 
And I don't want people falling asleep. I don't want people bored. So I like to teach people how to be dynamic and how to get people's attention quickly and do it effectively in a short amount of time. So I'll ask you this. Think about the people you love the most. Think about the people that are your best friends and how long do you watch their videos typically on social media? Next time, ask yourself that. Watch somebody and go, when did I check out mentally? When did I check out and say, okay, it's time to swipe or um, you lost me? So we're living in a short attention span world. And what I want to do is I want to get people back to being really succinct. I want to get people back to being really dynamic. If we look at the clarity that comes in turned on, how do we stay clear? How do we stay clear on our messaging? Can I say something? Babe, you always have the ability to say something. Okay, well, when I was just going back to what you had read off that statistic, listener, would you agree or disagree that we are actually worse off in our communication skills than probably ever before? And the reason I say that is, besides ourselves, if you know, if you're in kind of the, what are we right now? We Gen X, you and I are Gen X. I thought um, you were a boomer. No, get out of there. <laughs> um, you might be. Um, so think about the generation, the millennials and so Gen Z. What's next? Gen Y. Gen Y. I don't know. Whoever. The younger ones. Um, they're, it's becoming more and more increasingly difficult to get them to make eye contact, uh, to have a real conversation. And I know upbringing has a lot to do with it, but because the heads are in devices so much um, and it's being perpetuated in school as well, um, it's becoming increasingly difficult for people to communicate effectively. So that's going to be a really important part of the future. But what David's going to get out here is some things that I just want to mention some, like just bring some questions to your mind for a second. Like for us, if you're, if you are, you know, trying to work your business, like do you ever wonder why some people are so successful in your industry and you're, and you're not, even though you're doing the exact same work. That's what we're talking about here. Or maybe you question why some other brands or influencers are just killing it with mediocre content and products, but you're struggling to convert your talent or your message. Or maybe you feel like your product or your service or your message is never going to get out the way the world deserves to hear it. Like these are the things that Speak Up will address, and that's the stuff that David is going to share with you right now. Well, I'm going to give you guys some examples from my students. So I used to teach this class and I used to have 12 to 15 students, but it, it's really about how much and how often you get to actually participate. In other words, you could take some public speaking courses. You can take some uh, courses online where you are one of 50 people on a Zoom call. And I just realized that listening doesn't do any good if the primary objective is to get you to speak and be more dynamic. Right? I can tell you everything you need to know, but if you're not actually doing it and practicing it and getting feedback, then guess what? You're not going to get better at it. You just got notes on a page. So I've limited my classes to five or six people, and I really prefer five because I want you to get a lot of practice in. You know, in this day and age, uh, employers are saying that just about every business, no matter what you do, involves some type of oral communication. It shows up everywhere on the list of skills that employers are looking for. And if you are an entrepreneur, then the pressure is double because you are responsible for promoting your own message. Uh, we see the Elon Musks of the world and people who are really good at 
spreading a vision and telling people, hey, you know, you want to attach your train or your caboose to my train and get going in the right direction. So if we start with, I'm not a branding expert, okay? And I'm not a social media expert. And I tried to really focus on those two parts early on in my course. And I realized that I was fighting a a never-ending battle because social media was moving at the speed of light. And just when you got caught up, something new came out. And branding really requires a certain type of genius. But what I can do is point some things out. And I point these out in my book that's coming out called Turned On. That'll be out uh, early in 2020. If you look at Microsoft's original branding, think about how short to the point and how simple and genius this is. Microsoft's original branding was a computer on every desk in every home, period. Boom. No thinking about it, no wondering about it. That was short and to the point. If you look at something like TED Talks, which are wildly popular, TED Talks' main uh, tagline is to spread ideas. Again, simple and to the point. And that's kind of where Angelique and I got turned on. Speak up, walk out. We wanted something that was simple, uh, two syllables, verbs, they spoke action. And if we look at these things, um, even in a personal brand, I love Dr. Josh Axe's book. It's called Eat Dirt. And it's simply got a picture of some car- some dirty carrots on it. And it's talking about how to live a healthy li- lifestyle with a healthy gut. But it's again, it's two syllables. It's nice and easy. So I'm not saying everything has to be that way, but what I do know that from my own experience, and I know you guys, I've studied you guys out there, you want it quick and to the point. So in my course, I talk about the beginning and the ending, probably the two hardest parts of any speech or any video. Even when we do this particular um, podcast here, you know, Angelique was always saying, hey, Dave, to my left is my husband, David. And I'm like, hey. I know we have to introduce ourselves, but it's repetitive. So every time we begin it, let's start with something funny. So those of you guys that are avid listeners, you probably recognize that every time we start an episode, she'll say something clever, like to my left is the guy who has 17 hats in his car at any given time. And and so what we do is we want a good ending that is different than just, hey, welcome. The other thing is I noticed that at the end of a speech or at the end of one of your videos... The worst thing you can do is say, well, that's all I got. That's it. Right? Because you might have just delivered the speech of your life or the video of your life and everybody's excited. And then you fizzle out with, well, that's all I got. In other words, no big deal there. So there's the beginning and the end. And then there's the middle part. And this is cool because in coaching for all these years and just watching people, I realized that. We all hit our zone of genius at a certain time in our speech or in our video. This is where we are in that comfort zone of what we wanted to talk about, what we feel comfortable talking about. So the hardest part is getting there. But getting there is the most important because we know that our attention spans are shrinking and we know that we have so many choices. So if you're flipping through your phone looking for videos or you're flipping through the TV, you realize that someone's got about eight seconds to capture your attention before you go to the next person. So if you're sitting there in your car, which is boring, or in front of a white wall, which is boring, and you're like, hey guys, how are you? You know, I just finished my lunch. I had a tuna sandwich. Just want to come on here and talk to you guys. Oh, hey, Jody. Hey, Steve. Hey, guys. I know from my own experience, I'm out of there. 
I don't have time for you to welcome everybody. I don't have time for you to tell me what you had for lunch or I just wanted to pop on here. Just wanted to pop on. Hey, I just wanted to pop on here. No, no, no. Tell me. Start off with an enrolling question right away. Start off with a statistic. Start off with something that grabs my attention because you need to buy the next eight seconds of the listener. You need to sell the first eight so that they buy the second and the third and the fourth. And we realize that if you can get past that initial awkwardness of how to start the video, how to start the conversation, then you go into where your zone of genius is and you're super relaxed. And this is the most important. And typically in my students, uh, I have them do three minute speeches and inevitably it's between 45 and 90 seconds that they really start to hit their stride. That's when you see a notable change and in their body language, in their posture, in the pacing of their story, um, in the tone of their voice, because now they're in the meat and potatoes of what they came on to talk about and everything is smoothed out. You, you know what I'm saying here? Well, um, I want them to understand in short what it is because we can, you know, obviously we want to give them a lot of takeaways here. But when you think about a personality, like the definition of a personality is the, the combination of characteristics or qualities that form an individual's distinctive character, right? So when we talk about speak up, we're talking about those qualities, those characters, and we're saying, okay, we're going to help you convert your personality, not my personality, not my words, not David's words, not David's personality, your personality into profit. So just in short terms, like David was talking about spread ideas, right? Or eat dirt, like in short terms, we're converting personality into profit in everything. So it can and will produce profit in your business. It can and will produce profit in your relationships because profit doesn't just necessarily mean dollars and cents. Although we all need that, we want to create profit means production progress, exchange, the return of investment, growth, fruit, whatever you want to call it in that area of your life. Because if that's not transacting anything, like David said, you know, people are just going to commit homicide on your message. And it's going to get drowned out by somebody that has a dynamic voice and a dynamic personality with a mediocre product. I see this all the time. I'm like, how on God's great earth is this person slaying the game right now with something that is so mediocre? And then I see people that have brilliant courses, brilliant ideas, brilliant content, and they're just getting drowned out and diluted in a very loud, mm. obnoxious marketplace. You said it. somebody else has turned the volume up on their own personality, voice, message, whatever. And you've gotten drowned out. And that's what frustrates me. I want the lesser knowns, listener, I want yeah. the lesser knowns to rise up. See, you are meant to be my partner in this. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, and this brings me to another point, my friends. Um, when I first started this, I came across a TED Talk, speaking of TED Talks, that kind of lit me up. And I said, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, it was by a guy named Andrew Stanton. Now, Andrew Stanton is the creator of movies like Wally and Toy Story. If you've taken my course or you heard me speak, 
Um, I mention this quite often, and I encourage everybody to watch his TED Talk called Clues to a Great Story, because he says another line in there that's very simple to remember, and it makes a lot of sense in a short amount of time. And he says, the golden rule for any person telling a story or speeches to this. Ready? Mm-hmm. What is it? You know what it is. Make me care. Make me care. Mm-hmm. So simple. And you know it. And he, and he explains it. He goes, because you're all flipping through the television at night and you're flipping and you're flipping and you stop on something. It's for a reason. It's not by accident. You stopped on something because it made you care. And then he goes even one step further by explaining the antithesis because we all know what it's like to not care. Not care. So if we're out there and we have a product or service or a, a mission or a passion, your job is to make people care. And the best way I've known to make people care is through storytelling. Hence, Andrew Stanton, clues to a great story. So what I advise people and what I advise my students is the golden rule that I feel is another one easy to remember. Go with what you know. And that means stories. I've had a lot of people that try and go above their pay grade and try to do a fancy speech, try and make a really articulate argument for something that they're passionate about, and it comes off flat because they're trying too hard. They're trying to do um, you know, a Tony Robbins type of speech when they don't have that skill, and I don't even have that skill yet. But I know that stories begin everything. We, and that's what gets us into that wheelhouse. Mm-hmm is when you start off in a story because you know it, you've lived it. You don't have to think about how to articulate it. It comes naturally to you. Yeah. So after you get turned on, then we teach you how to speak up. And um, part of speak up is, you know, really creating, you know, honing in on that mission, you know, and what it is that you're creating. And, you know, some of the experience that I've seen David have, because I've sat in on some of the classes and I've been part of the private groups where I, I watch and read what's coming in and, that's helped me kind of gain some additional clarity on how I can contribute. Um, but man, I mean, sometimes you see these mission statements and you're like, oh my God, like, I don't even know what this means. So part of being, you know, speak up is de-wooing your language. Exactly. That's what it says on the big board right there. <laughs> we have to de-woo it because there's a lot of woo, hocus pocus stuff out there. So we're going to teach you how to translate that into searchable, solution-based, simplified language that gets straight to the point. Because the stuff that we've read that people are writing um, is more than likely an an over... Mm-hmm. That's the word we're looking for. It's kind of like an overindulgence of the mystical woo language out there that felt good at the conference. Yeah. Or that felt good on someone else's post. And we start speaking like them, you know? And I know some of the more common ones are like shine your light and step into your power. And my purpose is to empower, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but your life is upside down. Like, how are you going to do that? So it really comes down to, like he said, go with yeah. what you know. And speaking up about that now, like there's, you've got to take the first step. The problem is, is we go so far ahead of ourselves, like you said, above our pay grade. And that intent is fine and well, but you've got to do something that creates profit where you are currently right now. And then we move. Yeah. Right. But 
the mission has to be very, very clear, concise, and searchable because no one's looking on Google on how to shine my light. Like, how do I right. step into my, you know, like, no, you got to be more specific than that. Well, Ange, I'll tell you what, for those of you guys that don't know, I'm a really humble guy. Like, I, I believe I'm a really humble person, but there's two things that I know I'm good at, and, and I'm going to boast a little bit. The first thing, I was a, I was a heck of a spin instructor. Like, <laughs> I know that's random, but I was a, I was a really good, and I'll put that up against anybody's spin class. The second yeah. thing is, I'm really confident that I'm great at teaching this material. And the reason why I think I'm great at teaching it is because I always put myself in the position of the person who's listening. I want to I speak how I know I want to be spoken to. I've been on too many receiving ends of boring um, speeches, of boring uh, what you would call uh, soliloquies and people that would get up at a conference and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I have to go to the bathroom as an excuse to get out of there. And, and I always, here's what I use. I use common sense approach. I don't use a lot of fancy words. I don't use a lot of woo woo. I use pop culture and I use analogies and allegories. So if we're looking at what an example that is for woo woo, woo woo language to me is like buying a, a really fancy coat online that's like a designer knockoff and you don't pay a lot of money for it, but it looks like a Louis Vuitton or it looks like um, a Alexander McQueen, except it doesn't have any lining in it. So although it looks good and people say, wow, that's a fancy Louis Vuitton, it doesn't serve a purpose. It doesn't have any lining in it, so it doesn't keep you warm and it breaks. Eventually the zipper breaks, eventually the seams come apart and you're left with nothing except this designer woo-woo that only worked for a little while and it looked good for a little while, but there's no meat in it. So I want to teach people how to get the meat and I do that through pop culture and through analogy. So the last thing I'm going to say is we talked about personality and in my class, I call it the wheelhouse personality. I realize that we all come in different shapes and sizes and vocal ranges and areas of zones of genius where we're more dynamic than others. So I don't set out to change anybody. I don't want them to be like me. I don't set out to say, hey, you're going to be like Tony Robbins um, or you're going to be like Gary Vee. I say, what is your wheelhouse personality? And after three or four weeks in the class, everybody kind of gives their two cents and says what the other person's wheelhouse personality is. Um, and then you have five different people with five different opinions. That's, that's your public. Those are your peers telling you exactly how they think you are a genius in your particular field. So let's give it this example. I have an awesome guy that took my class over the summer named Ricky. So Ricky is a motivational speaker. And Ricky is a former Division I football player. He is an amazing dude. And he is such a good motivational speaker, especially to young people in, in sports in college and high school. And he's just got a, a dynamic, beautiful personality, but he's a big dude. I mean, R Ricky was a linebacker at one of the best colleges in the country. And he's, I'm guessing he's about 6'2", and he's just full of muscles. And he's got a smile that lights up a room. Um, but Ricky's really high energy, like clapping and high energy. And I'm like, that's his wheelhouse, right? That's his wheelhouse personality. We would never want to take that away from him. But in order to go to the next level, what we try to do is get Ricky to develop that softer side, 
that that pace where he slows down a little bit and he could slow his speech, calm his tone, use his hands in a more effective way, use his body language, not just to hype people up, but to really get to the more subtle points of his stories because there was a lot of really powerful stories. So um, it was a pleasure to work with a guy like that. And we all voted and said, Ricky, your high energy is definitely your wheelhouse. We want to keep that. But we want to work on those other parts of your personality to make you a more dynamic, well-rounded speaker. And um, it's just a beautiful thing to see somebody step into that power. Now, I've had other people that were just the opposite. Um, Very soft-spoken, lacking a lot of energy and enthusiasm. And that's the way they are. We're never going to turn that person, Ange, into a Ricky. But what we do is we have to say, maybe their zone of genius or their wheelhouse personality is, is heart, is compassion, is softer. But they have to be able to mix in a little bit of dynamics. They have to be able to raise their voice. They have to be able to change their tone so that way people don't just get lulled to sleep by one thing. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. It's, you're kind of describing me. I mean... I've always been the more serious one, and anytime I've delivered a, a keynote, it's been a little bit, you know, more on the serious side. And you've always kind of encouraged me and to, um, you know, joke around more, be more lighthearted, uh, soften certain areas of the message. You know, so it's it's taught me a lot. And uh, the more I've done it, obviously, the more that I use those those areas of um, of my personality, and it helps. Like it really, really helps to not be yeah, to not be so linear, to have range in what you do. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you this, for David to teach this the way that he does, and, and my, I have a really, I, I focus very well, so it's not me. David has the attention span of a mat. Okay. So if, if he can get you to keep his attention, you're winning at life. Um, because no matter what, like he said, re- just and it's just it's just not it's not just you, listener or people that it's for this. This is the society we live in. Like the culture we're in now is just. And we have gone from what I used to reference as the the microwave society, where sixty seconds was too long, and now ten seconds is too long. Um, it, six seconds is too long. Like people are, like I said earlier, committing homicide on your video, on your Instagram story, on your post. It's just. If they like the picture, they tap. They haven't even read it. I mean, I can't tell you many times that I've, I've written something that really, really evokes emotion. And the comment, like one of the comments would be like, oh my God, I love your sweater. And I'm like, dude, I appreciate that you like my sweater, but did you read? You know, we have to really realize that sometimes our message is just not getting across because right. we are in a, a, such a society and culture where we have to interrupt the pattern. Like, how do we interrupt the pattern? And that's part of what Speak Up is, is interrupting patterns um, that aren't producing and transacting uh, any profit at all whatsoever in anything. And sometimes that profit comes with mm-hmm. just the ability to have a conversation. <laughs> like that's that's profitable. Because what you said is something that's important, Angie. I love to teach range because the opposite of range is a one-trick pony. And if we go back to pop, pop culture and anybody who is out there who's a music fan, you realize you take a band like the Beatles, Okay, the Beatles are hands down the number one band of all time. It's not even up for argument. I think they have like 15 of the top 100 albums of all time. Um, Sgt. Pepper's is the number one album of all time. So you look at a band like the Beatles and what made them great is they evolved. Mm -hmm. Like they started off when they first came to America with these little doo-wop songs. 
And then they, they had some things like uh, Helter Skelter. Uh, and then they'll go back to, they had, you know, the number one album again, Sgt. Pepper, where they started implementing the sitar. They could go from ballads to, uh, they just had a full range of repertoire. And then you look at some of these acts like, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out something like maybe like 50 Cent, where every song kind of sounds the same. It's like you just took the same beat and you put different lyrics over it. Or some rock and roll group who is a one-hit wonder that was never able to reinvent their success because they only explored one area of, of their talent. And every song just sounded like the same song with different lyrics. Or really vanilla, not even yours at all. Exactly. That would be that would be what's going on a lot today is people are just stealing other people's stuff and calling it their own. That's really annoying, by the way, because there's a lot of um, the talk around that. Just, you know, all the best copycat wins. Maybe, yeah, when you're doing certain things, but not when it comes to your own personality, your own life, your own business. Like It's the online designer jacket, Ange. The copycat will break. The copycat will be exposed. Eventually, it's... Eventually, people catch on. Louis Vuitton, real Louis Vuitton purses don't break. Right. Well, mine has before. Um, but they fix it. And here's the thing. You know, it's just not about being a good copycat. Like, you're not supposed to sound like everybody else, look like everyone else, say the exact same thing. Like, there are certain things that are strategic and methodical, um, without question, that have value. But you gotta really check in. Like the master of all masters created something very unique in you. And until you understand what that is and how to exploit it and utilize it in a way that is going to produce the profit that we keep talking about, like you're just gonna keep going through the motions and trying to take somebody else's work and reproduce it to make it sound oh. like your own. And that's not that's not speaking up. That's Amen. Just, that's just hitting, you know, and recording and playback all the time. And it's just well, let's let's I put this know, way. It's super annoying. You know, let's put this way. I love the fact you said your maker created you. And I want to reiterate that again. I never try to make somebody something they're not. I realize we have to work with what God gave them. But we see so many people, like how many people went to a Gary V presentation and now all of a sudden on their next video are just dropping F-bombs. Like, that's me, dog. I'm just keeping it real. You know, here's here's my foul language. It worked for Gary V, you know, and, and are you want to sound just like Gary V? That's only going to get you so far. Gary Vee's a genius. Like, you know, he's a really smart business. It's not the F-bomb that makes Gary Vee. It's, it's, exactly it's his genius. And I think that's that's the problem. Is, um, we, we get so enamored by the dynamics of a blank influencer like Gary Vee. And we try to copycat that personality and think it's going to work for us too. And it just... You sit back in the audience and you go, really? Come, I mean, really? This is not, this is not at all what you were created for or how your message You go back to Randy Jackson. Hey, dog. Uh, it's a no for me, dog. It's a no for I just, me. I just wasn't feeling it. It's very cruise shippy. <laughs> uh, all right, let's wrap this up, babe. Hold on, I want to say something about who this is not for. Okay, because I think that's an important piece of it. You know, I was saying earlier. Let me, let me just do one more. Let's last point to teach on before you go who it's not for. You know, the last thing I'll say is this gives you guys practice. And I, again, going to pop culture, if you remember Alan Iverson, and he said, you're talking about practice, dog, when he didn't show up. You're talking about practice? You're talking about practice? No, practice. Practice? You're talking about practice. Not the game that I love. The game that I love. Practice? Practice. And he said it like 23 times, but guess what? Alan Everson never won a championship. 
So Alan, maybe it was practice. So there's a lot of you guys out there that have God-given talent, but if we don't practice it, we're not willing to make that sacrifice, then we won't. So you get the practice in my class because of this. You're getting coached, but also you are coaching. So after everybody speaks, I call on other people, your peers, who are going through the same lessons to say, you got to give one positive thing and one constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. So you can't just do your speech and then check out because we want, you, so we want you active for the whole hour that you're in that class. This is really important. And you're, the, sometimes the best way to improve on yourself is to see other people and coach other people. Yeah, but let me, let me reiterate why this piece is so important for you because if it's just for you to show up and do your assignment, you're missing out on several things. One, active listening. You got to be active. You got to be present. So presence right now is like some immortal thing that we hardly see people doing anymore. So you got to be present. And the other thing is it teaches you to speak up by giving the truth. You're going to have to be okay with being constructive in your feedback to appear in the class with you. That means you're going to have to tell them what they did great, but also say, it was a little cruise shipping for me, you know. Obviously, you, you know that's not going to be what you're. Going well, to here's say. the thing: I, I did steal. I would call it steal. When, when you take something from somebody and you acknowledge them, even the best people, right? It's very hard to come up with something new. But when somebody does something, you're like, hey, that's a really good method to teach. Then what you do is you simply credit that person. Mm -hmm. So I had the pleasure of being uh, coached myself by. Who I, a woman who I think is the best, not just the best woman, but she might be the best speaker. I really admire Lisa Nichols. I really admire everything she does as a performer, as a speaker. And one of the things she did when she coached me is she gave me positive feedback. And then she asked for permission to give me some constructive criticism. And of course you say yes. So thank you, Lisa Nichols. And what I do in my class is I make each person give something positive first and then they must, every single time, ask the person, is it okay if I give you some constructive criticism? And that creates just a level of um, community and a level of, of bond just by being polite and asking that question and being open to saying, I know what you're about to tell me is probably not something that is going to fall great on my ears, but I need to hear it anyway. So I think that goes a long way. Yeah, it does. And so, like I said, it, just, it teaches you to be an active listener and also give constructive feedback, which is good, not only in business, but it's in your, good in your relationship. It's really good in marriage. Like most people that have come out of this are like, hey, not only did this really help me, you know, sell my ex online um, or in real life or whatever, um, it ch completely changed my marriage. So that's the, you know, that's the beauty of speaking up. But I just wanted to, you know, reiterate like, we already know who it's for, but who it's not for is like, if you're just overwhelmed with life right now and you're, and you know, you have this desire to do or have some kind of business of your own, or you have any, uh, but you don't really have the idea of what to do or sell. Um, th that's when you need to go back to the turned on method. Like you, that was something that we discovered in our own, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Trial and error. Trial and error. Just you know, producing these programs is going, wow, we just can't, not everybody's ready for this. So 
you got to calm down the pain somewhere. And if we didn't calm down the initial pain, meaning gain some order where there's chaos, um, like I said earlier, like the reason why you're not getting the results you're wanting is because you're focused on the wrong thing. Sometimes you're like, oh, I need to go do this personality profitable, you know, to profit course speak, speak up because I want to X, Y, Z with my business. And you're like, yeah, but dude, you're freaking, your life is just totally upside down right now. So it's, you don't even have the environment set up for success yet, let alone your ability to do it. So um, that's where you need to go back to the turned on the, you know, method, because there's really so much there that is going to help gain that clarity. So then you can go turn the volume up. You got to turn the volume up. I tell you what, we, um, we are almost out of time here. And I just wanted to say, you know, check us out in 2020. We're going to have this program going on throughout the year. There, there is an entry point for everybody. It's not just for business, although it will turn your personality into profit, but it'll also bless your relationships within your family. It'll bless your relationships within your community and your neighborhoods. And it's really something that Angelique and I feel strongly about. We've, uh, we've vetted this program for the last, like I said, since 2014. And um, you're gonna see a lot more of it. And I know that it's gonna have a ripple effect in so many lives. And I just want to thank you for the opportunity to talk to you about it today and the opportunity to help you get turned on. And like always, we hope this turned you on today. Have an amazing day and we look forward to you hearing us next time.